Don't Go Upstairs by Denise Tanaka. Every Sunday after 12 o'clock mass, Grace's parents brought her to Grandma's house for a late lunch. They ate burned bottom white biscuits, watery spaghetti, and boiled lima beans with margarine. Mommy scolded her for being a picky eater. Grandma served Folgers powder and red jello ambrosia after lunch. Daddy smoked a few cigarettes while he complained about Vatican II, King Jr., the Ittenham, and how the dirty hippies were ruining the country. Grace was allowed to explore anywhere and touch anything in Grandma's front room. There was only one very important rule. Don't go upstairs by yourself. Why? Stairs are dangerous. It's an old house. You might slip and fall. What's upstairs? Nothing but my old bedroom and the bathtub and Grandma's room. If you need to pee, use the toilet by the kitchen. Grace tried to be a good girl for the watchful eyes of Santa Claus and the Virgin Mary. She always obeyed the very important rule, don't go upstairs. One time she squeezed into the space behind the plastic covered sofa and found a penny. Another time she crawled under the coffee table with a stack of sunset magazines and sang nursery rhymes to herself. The bookshelf had a matching set of dark green books that Mommy said were Grimm's fairy tales and promised someday to read her some. Until then, Grace lay on her belly under the piano bench and looked at the scary drawings. Other times she played with the light switch on the globe of the world that glowed from inside, turning the oceans from black to blue to black again. A staircase rose behind the piano with the keyboard shut. The first two steps turned at a square flat place that Daddy called a landing pad. From there, the narrow stairway rose steeply into darkness. In the landing hung framed photographs of Grandma and Grandpa as younger people in their wedding clothes or in their Sunday best holding a baby and later sitting together all three under a Christmas tree. In the photographs, Grandma always smiled, but she never smiled in person. Mommy said that there wasn't much to smile about with Grandpa gone. Grandma's old clock on the mantelpiece chimed a song every hour. When the clock made four bongs, Grace knew it would be time to go home. Christmas Day brunch at Grandma's house meant the rubbery pink ham out of a white can, the spinach boiled down from a dark green brick, and white powder in a box that turned into mashed potatoes by stirring in skim milk. Daddy helped by opening the can of cranberry sauce. For dessert, Grandma served strawberry shortcakes with Smucker's jam and spray can whipped cream. Daddy lit a cigarette and started to complain about how the Vatican II had ruined the midnight vigil. Grace left the table to explore. An aluminium Christmas tree stood next to the piano that nobody ever played. Grace looked at her own reflection warped in the red, green and gold globes hooked to the tree. Some of the globes were chipped and cracked, revealing plain glass underneath the tinsel paint. No presents were underneath Grandma's Christmas tree, just like Grace's green plastic tree at home. Her parents said that Santa Claus was running late this year, the way Daddy was sometimes late coming home from work. Mommy promised that Santa would drop by their house while they were away at nine o'clock mass. The big bay window turned frosty when Grandma's old clock played its song. Grace had lost count of the chiming bongs in the last hour, but this time it chimed only once. By now, Santa Claus must have bought the presents, eaten his milk and cookies, and gone back to the North Pole to eat supper with Mrs. Claus, Still, the grown-ups kept eating and talking and smoking and drinking. Mommy, when can we go home? Not yet, Grace. Be patient. Go explore. 
but I... Grace, don't interrupt. We're talking. Go play. This time, she did not want to explore the front room anymore. She wanted to go home and open her presents. She hoped that Santa got her a chatty Cathy to be a new friend for her Raggedy Ann. I don't... Now, Grace, be patient. Be a good girl. Daddy smiled at Grandma, who was bringing out the special bottle of nasty stuff that Grace was not allowed to touch. Grace started to cry, a little bit at first, but the phrase kept replaying inside her mind. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Her dangling legs started to shake. She couldn't breathe when the sobbing gripped her. Mommy, with a mug of eggnog in one hand, patted Grace on the head. Be quiet. Be quiet. Just a little while longer. Half-chewed Christmas dinner exploded out of her mouth and poured down the front of her pretty new dress. Oh, sheepers. Mommy grabbed Grace away from the special embroidered tablecloth. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you bring a change of clothes? No, I didn't, Everett. Why would I bring a change of clothes? Mommy held a napkin to Grace's chin while pulling her by the hand. Grace struggled to keep up. There's some of your old things, Janet, in the closet in your room. Mommy pulled her faster and harder toward the forbidden stairs. Shadows loomed above. Grace got scared and stopped crying. The tears stung when she didn't blink. At the top of the stairs, Mommy clicked on a light. Grace spotted three crystal doorknobs. The nearby door with a painted-on sunflower was closed. The doorway at the far end of the hallway framed a brass bed, a fringed lamp, and opened shoeboxes on the floor. Mummy pulled her to the middle door that was a bathroom. The walls and floor had pink tiles the colour of Laffy Taffy. The bathtub was a giant white bowl with lion's feet. The mirror above the sink was too high for Grace to see herself. She could only see Mommy's reflection. This dress is ruined, Grace. I'll never be able to get the cranberry out of it. We just bought it for you and now it's ruined. Do you know how much we spent to make you pretty for Grandma? Your mommy and daddy worked so hard. So hard. Too hard. I'm sorry. Grace looked down at a fluffy pile of stained taffeta and tulle on the floor. Wait here. Don't move. I'm going to see if I can find you something that will fit. You're so small. Much smaller than I was at your age. You're such a picky eater. Mummy left her alone. Her hard shoes made clump, clump, clump sounds on the wooden floorboards. The sunflower door creaked open. Then came silence. Underneath the Christmas dress, she wore only a Doc Martens undershirt that left her skinny arms bare. Grace felt cold. Her legs started to shiver in her white tights and patent leather shoes. Grace peered into the hallway. The ceiling light's yellow glow did not shine far. The stairway and the two bedrooms were dim, shadowy and colourless. Mommy? Her mother's voice murmured from the other room. Words blurred, muffled under the clatter of boxes being opened and the rustling of tissue paper. Mommy, can I help? Grace stepped into the hallway. A bright light shone around the frame of a fourth door without a doorknob. She could not remember seeing that door before when she was crying and Mommy was pulling her by the hand. Then she heard Mommy in the closet say the bad, angry words. Grace got scared that a spanking was going to come. The door frame's light seemed warm and friendly, like the TV screen in the afternoon while Mommy cooked dinner in time for Daddy to get home from work. Grace always sneaked cherry Pop-Tarts to chew in front of dark shadows and practised feeling brave when everyone else inside the TV was screaming. I'm a brave girl, 
Grace chanted to herself. She tiptoed across the hall to the fourth door and stuck her finger into the hole where a doorknob would be. The door opened just enough to let her squeeze through. Narrow stairs, like stacked wooden boxes, rose steeply up to the ceiling. Upstairs, someone was crying. The voice sounded gentle and sad, so sad, echoing down the narrow stairway. Grace ascended the stairs one foot at a time, being careful not to slip in her patent leather shoes. There was no railing, so she pressed her palms to the whitewashed panelling. Higher and higher, she counted the steps up to twelve until she emerged from a square hole in the floor. A whole new room to explore. Rafters slanted at a sharp angle like the closet under the stairs. Windows had boxy frames and seat cushions. On a small table rested a black Singer sewing machine. Wooden crates smelt like old clothes. Colours had faded on the stack of round hat boxes. A tall mirror had a sheet draped over it. A sled with well-battered boards and rusty blades hung from a hook on the wall. A rocking chair with a broken armrest lay still in the corner. The crying woman sat on the floor on a braided rag throw rug, her legs folded to the side. Approaching from behind, Grace only saw the woman's curly grey-white hair, but not her face. Six brown buttons held together the back of her blue dress. Hello? Why are you sad? Grace stepped closer. The woman stopped crying but did not turn around. She lifted her apron to wipe her face. My name is Grace. What's your name? I don't remember my name. The woman spoke in a whisper, but her voice carried to every corner of the attic, echoing like someone reading the gospel in church. That's okay. Sometimes I forget things too. I don't like my name. I wish my name was Victoria. Why are you sad? The woman extended her left arm. In the faint shadows, her skin appeared dark purple. Her fingers were long and slender. She pointed to a stack of leather-bound photo albums on the floor. Grace's stiff shoes clicked on the floor. She stopped at the edge of the rug and looked down at the pages of black construction paper. Each black and white photograph had triangle taped tabs holding all four corners. She recognised Grandma, even younger than the wedding portrait downstairs, and Uncle Walter and Aunt Harriet and several children in old-fashioned clothes. Are you in any of these pictures? No. Why? The woman sighed a long, loud sigh, as if she almost wished to start crying again. <sighs> I held the camera and took all these photos. I took every single one of them over the years. I cooked for them. I washed their clothes. I held the babies when they cried. I patched their skin knees when they played too hard and fell. I wrapped their Christmas presents, but I never got one. Never? Well, not from them. Maybe you have to be patient. My mommy says you have to be patient. Oh, I was patient. I was so, so patient. Why don't you come downstairs? I'm never allowed. I cook them Christmas dinner, but I ain't allowed to eat with them. Grace looked at the woman's apron. There was a long rectangle of plain cotton. Patches of rusty brown stained the apron near the front pocket. Stains continued up the side of the blue dress and darkened one half of the dress's white collar. A dark, dry paste flattened a section of the woman's curly white hair. Why is your hair dirty? The woman raised her arm to lightly touch the side of her head. 
I, I don't remember. Oh, yes, I wasn't ready. When the family wanted their portrait taken in front of the Christmas tree, I hurried to fetch the Kodak and fell down the stairs. I fell. I, I don't remember taking the picture. I hope I didn't break the camera. They'd be so cross with me if I broke the camera. My mommy's helping to clean me up. I barfed on my Sunday best. The wound turned slightly, and Grace saw a little bit of her cheek. Your mama's washing you up? Where's your maid? What's a maid? You don't have a maid? No. Grace frowned in thought. The only maid she knew was on TV. You mean like how Mrs. Baxter has Hazel? I don't know a Mrs. Baxter, sweetie. I worked for... for... For Mrs. Showalter, that's right. Showalter. That was Grandma's last name before she married Grandpa. Her name used to be Myrtle Shoewater. Myrtle, Myrtle. Yeah, my precious little Myrtle. The woman rose up to her knees and stayed in that position as if praying in church. I made a gift for Myrtle. I made it with my own hands, like the way my mama made something for me. Where is it? Where, where is it? What? The doll. Grace took a few steps to the right, closer to the window. A wooden toy chest was powdered with dust. Maybe in here? Yes, yes, it must be in there. Mrs. Showalter didn't much like the doll. Maybe because of how it looked. Maybe because I made it with my own hands instead of something they bought from the department store. But Myrtle loved that doll so much her mama couldn't get it away from her. My sweet little Myrtle hid under her bed and played with it under the blankets after the lights out. Grace opened the toy chest. The hinges creaked loudly. The lid propped open by its own weight. Inside the chest were wooden blocks with alphabet letters, a wicker basket holding a miniature teapot and dainty cups wrapped in tissue, and several porcelain-faced dolls in fancy lace dresses. Is this the doll? No. This one? No. Grace unpacked the toys onto the floor. Further down, she found a layer of teddy bears and stuffed monkeys made out of grey socks. Then she found a peculiar soft doll of a girl with a puffy middle, a rumpled flower bonnet, and a face like her own Raggedy Ann. Is this the doll? No. At the very bottom of the trunk, wrapped in stinky burlap, there was a different type of Raggedy Ann doll. It had a black face and shoe button eyes, and its curly yarn hair was tied with a bandana knotted in the front. The doll wore a pale blue calico dress, the same fabric as the dress of the weeping woman. That's it. That's the doll I made for my sweet little Myrtle. Grace studied the dark face's shoe-button eyes and fraying, embroidered mouth. She looks like a sad doll. Why was she wrapped at the bottom? Why wasn't she up with the pretty lady dolls and the teddy bears and the funny Raggedy Ann? She wasn't allowed. Grace hugged the rag doll to her own chest. I want to keep her. She belongs to Myrtle. You should ask. What's the doll's name? The woman was quiet for a long time, almost long enough for Grace to forget what she asked. I don't remember. I'm going to ask Grandma. Grace started for the square hole in the floor, where the narrow stairs descended into sepia darkness. Come with me. You can't go downstairs in your underthings, sweetie. You need to be presentable for when you come to the table. Mommy's getting me some of her old clothes. Come on. Grace heard the soft rustling of fabrics from behind. 
She knew without looking that the woman was standing up and following her to the stairs. Household slippers made a quiet swish-swish sound on the floorboards. Be careful, child. Hold on. Don't fall. There is no railing. With the rag doll tucked under her elbow, Grace descended each step carefully and pressed her palms to the wall's whitewashed panels. She heard Mommy calling from the hallway below. As she came nearer to the last steps, she also heard Daddy and even Grandma coming closer. They all shouted her name over and over. It sounded like her parents were angry and she was in trouble for wandering off. She hesitated at the doorframe. Don't be scared. They're mad. I'm not supposed to go upstairs. I'm a bad girl. They're always mad at something or other. Don't you mind about that. Listen to me. You are not a bad girl. I've known plenty of bad girls, and you're not one of them. You hear me? Grace smiled a little bit, and then a little bit more. I'm not a bad girl, she chanted to herself as she emerged from the stairwell into the hallway. Grandma, coming up the stairs, saw her first. Big blue eyes sparkled against her pale, powdery face, focused on Grace emerging from the door in the wall. There you are! You had us all worried sick! How did you pry open that old attic door? You naughty, naughty little girl! Daddy emerged from Grandma's bedroom. Damn it all! You had me crawl under the bed to look for you. My knees aren't what they used to Mommy came from the doorway of her old room, behind where Grandma stood. You! You! Don't you ever! I found a doll! Grace's voice was drowned out by all three adults yelling at the same time, so she held up the black-faced rag doll in the calico dress. Grandma stomped forward. Where did you find that dirty old thing? She said it was yours. Grandma looked over her shoulder. Dada, did you give her this? No, Mom, I never saw it before. What is that? It's something that our maid gave to me when I was a child. Dottie gave you that thing? What on earth? Grandma exhaled all of her momentary anger. Following her cue, all three adults got very quiet and stood still. Your maid's name was Dottie? Grandma nodded as she reached down to touch the bandana on the rag doll's head. That's what we called her. I think her real name was something else, but I forget. I haven't thought about her in years. Grace looked back over her shoulder to the bluish light glowing behind the fourth door. You don't remember her real name? But, but she lived with you. She cooked you dinner and gave you a doll. It's been too many years. She died when I was about your age. I never thought about her again. You can keep the doll, honey. Merry Christmas. Grandma withdrew her hand. If you want to keep that, I should throw it into the Maytag. It's probably full of bugs. Grace obediently walked past Grandma to meet Mommy at the sunflower door. It was time to finish getting cleaned up and dressed presentably in some of her mother's childhood clothes. It was time to go home and open her gifts that Santa Claus had delivered while they were away at church. But Grace needed to ask one more thing. What's the doll's name? Grandma fingered her plastic pearl necklace. Oh, yes. I remember. The doll's name is Lavinia. Lavinia. Bluish-white light swelled into the hallway. The woman emerged out of the fourth door with arms outstretched as if inviting a hug. 
Her flat slippers floated above the floor. Her curly white hair almost brushed the ceiling. Her eyes shone as silver coins. I remember now. I told little Myrtle the doll's name and gave it my own. My name is Lavinia. All three adults screamed. Daddy ducked backwards to hide. Mommy reached out for her mother's wrist but grasped only air. Grandma fell down to the floor. I hear them. The angels are calling my name. At last I can go home. I'm going home. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. In a swirl of snowflakes, like a spray of fairy dust from Tinkerbell's wand, Lavinia faded away. Her bright smile was the last to go. Grace hugged the rag doll as she grinned upwards. This concludes our story by Denise Tanaka. Thank you all to the Flying Cares for joining us today with special guest Chaz Brinchley as our narrator. <laughs>